Welcome to the Shane Anigans Podcast. Good morning, good evening, and good afternoon all, and welcome to this fortnight's installment of the Shane Anigans Podcast Artist Edition, the podcast series where I interview artists who are not super well-known, but should be. My name is Ashana Sumazura, and on this episode, I am joined by J.W. Francis. J.W. Francis is a lo-fi indie artist currently based in New York, and he's released a number of projects over the past few years, with his most recent being his Christmas EP, which I personally feel could be played at any point during the year. Make sure you all go and check out his other stuff as well, especially his most recent album, We Share a Similar Joy. Please all welcome J.W. Francis to the podcast. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Shane Anigans podcast. Um, artist... I complete... Wait, how do I usually start this? Oh, man, I messed it up. Okay. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Shane Anigans podcast, Artist Edition, the podcast series where I interview artists who are not super well-known, but should be. On today's episode, I am joined by J.W. Francis. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Is that, am, I, am I pronouncing that right, by the way? J.W. Francis. And exactly, Joseph Wosif. Joseph, is that is that your actual middle name, Wosif? <laughs> no, it's very tough. I think it'd be really funny. Be like, Joseph Wosif. <laughs> I mean, honestly, it would be really cool if Wosif was your middle name. <laughs> oh man, um, yeah. How are you doing, uh, J J W? How are you doing? J Dubs, J W, whatever you want. I'm good, man. I'm good. You know, I um. Yeah, I feel like master of my own destiny right now. I'm just telling you that I quit my job. I'm going to go walk the Appalachian Trail. I'm going to come out with another album this year. And just trying to, like, set everything up for 2022, you know? Because I went into 2020 being like, this is my year. And then, you know, everything happened. And I was like, maybe 2021 will be my year. But, like, by September, I was like... 2022 is going to be my year, you know. <laughs> oh, trust me, it's like, oh man, I was I was supposed to do so much stuff last year. I just I at the at a minimum I wanted my driver's license. Yet here I am, 19 years old, no license, no honeys in my DMs, nothing, bro. It's it's tough. It's a tough life for me. Okay, ah oh, my days. Yeah, like you said before, we got food and shelter. And uh, that's <laughs> that's a nice that's a nice those are nice things to have right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's true, man. That's true. Um. Okay. Well, you've seen the podcast before. You know that we always start off with a joke, and today's no different. So <laughs> here we go. Um. A new supermarket opened near my house. It has an automatic water mister to keep the produce fresh. Just before it goes on, you hear the sound of distant thunder and the smell of fresh rain. When you pass the milk cases, you hear cows mooing and you experience the scent of fresh mown hay. In the meat department, there is an aroma of charcoal grilled steaks with onions. When you approach the egg case, you hear hens cluck and cackle and the air is filled with the pleasing aroma of bacon and eggs frying. The bread department features the tantalizing smell of fresh bread and cookies. I don't buy toilet paper there anymore. <laughs> oh my days, yep, that's uh... <laughs> that's just another one of those dumb jokes that I got from Reddit, as usual. Um, one day I'm going to make up one of my own and put it in here and see, see how people react to it. 
I think you got it, man. I think you got it. <laughs> Thank you, man. Um, <laughs> all right, cool. So that brings us to our next segment being Florida Man of the Fortnite. So in case you weren't aware, Florida Man is a phrase used at the beginning of a wide range of unusual occurrences that take place in the great state of Florida. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, for inst- I mean, you. I'm, I'm assuming you know who Florida Man is, or what? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yep. Yeah. People who listen to the podcast, you guys already know what I'm talking about. Uh, Florida Man dances on top of police cruiser to ward off vampires. That's an example. That one's actually the one from my birthday, for instance. Actually, which is, you know, pretty coincidental. <laughs> that one sticks in my head quite often. Quite, like, pops up quite regularly. Um, man steals tow truck as revenge for company previously towing his car. Love it. Tell Love. me that's not Florida. That's that. That just bleeds, screams, sweats Florida. You know, now if there's an alligator in there, <laughs> like it would be a little more, you know, and maybe some of like some bath salts, like then then it would be like full on Florida. I'd say I'd say it's like. 75 percent there yeah. yeah yeah now that i think about it i think so as well actually more details would have made it 100 yeah. demand but yeah that's pretty i mean i'm down with that i'm like yeah steal from the company <laughs> <laughs> i swear man honestly because like ah okay let me let me just get into a little bit of the details so late tuesday evening this this was a little while ago tuesday um Florida Highway Patrol troopers received a tip that a tow truck had been stolen out of Orange County. According to a report, after midnight on Wednesday, one trooper spotted the stolen car store towing vehicle driving north on I-75. A search of Ongo and the truck resulted in the recovery of methamphetamine, Xanax, and hydrocodone, um, according to the report. Ongo was arrested and charged with grand theft auto and three counts of possession of a controlled substance. He remains in Alachua County Jail with a $50,000 bond. Now, okay, we got a bit more Florida there. I don't really know what bath salts are called in, like, policeman terms, but... That's methamphetamine, not... Xanax, and hydrocodone. I don't even know what hydrocodone is. Like, makes bath salts, probably. That's what I imagine. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, people just be like making up new names for drugs because I've there are so many drugs that I've just never like. When I was watching Euphoria, I don't know if you've seen Euphoria yourself. I haven't. I haven't seen it, but I've seen so many parodies of it, and I've seen like so many ads of it that I feel like I feel like I've seen it. It's just like all like. Like Molly, and you know, it's just like teen yeah. drugs and sex and stuff. It's it's basically teens, drugs, and sex. That's literally yeah. euphoria. I mean, it's a good show, though, to be honest. But that's pretty much the premise. <laughs> <laughs> and in Euphoria, Zendaya's character—I think her name's Rue—she just, she just like plows through drugs every single episode. It's it's crazy, and yeah, I don't know. It's just like. That, that just, I mean, if it took place, if Euphoria took place in Florida, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's, yeah, they um, all 
Are they all British? Isn't it a UK show or is it not? Is it like the is it New York? Where is it set? Um, it's set somewhere in America. I don't oh. know. <laughs> okay. Then yeah. yeah. Florida, honestly. <laughs> yeah, Florida. I mean, there's a couple places in the UK that seem a bit similar to Florida. Essex is one of them. Pe- everyone just like makes fun of Essex because people fake tan here so much that they look like, I guess, Oompa Loompas, you know, from the... <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's it's tough here. It's tough being British sometimes. So I got signed to this British label, and now I feel like I need to know more about the culture because I don't really know much at all about. <laughs> like I've been to a couple different places, but like I just wanna, I really wanna like spend some time there and like get a sense for the regional identities, you know? Because I feel like it's very strong in the UK, like you where you're from, like the city that you're from, you know? You could go you could like take a half hour trip down the road and you'll be in a completely a, a place with a completely different accent it's yeah. actually crazy. exactly exactly yeah which which label did you get signed to by the way they're called sunday best they're like a london indie label so yeah that's really cool i'll have to check them out after this then see who else is uh is signed to that uh, L.A. Salami's on there. I really like him. Uh, funnily enough, David Lynch, the director, uh, <laughs> is like puts out music on this label. So that's part of the reason I was like, okay, yeah, that's the David. If it's good enough for David Lynch, <laughs> like, that's yeah, great. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Yeah. Um. Okay. Moving on then from that, I guess we'll just get into the questions now. Yeah. How have you been keeping yourself cool during this whole COVID situation? Because obviously, you know, there's lots of people who have just been like struggling a lot, but have you been like, how have you been um, doing throughout it? Like what kind of stuff have you been up to? Man, I've had a total complete transformation. (laughs) Yeah, I just took it as a chance to, you know, to make something out of this. So I have written so much music, like so much music that uh, I've like come full circle. Like I like went into a whole different direction and like came back to my sound (laughs) kind of deal. Um, You know, I started like meditating. I started doing yoga. I started doing all that stuff. It's kind of also what inspired me to like go walk the Appalachian Trail for a while because I was like, let me just... uh, take this like practice of living i feel like i've been practicing living for the past however long we've been in this like almost a year now Uh, just because my life before that was so based on uh achievement and like getting to the next step and like really being in the state of like waiting of like waiting for the next big thing to happen or like getting the next big show and then blah 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 and you know, and a, lot, and a lot of like social obligation and whatnot. And then when you just handed all this time, um, it was really an opportunity to be like, okay, who am I? Because <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm someone, if I don't have something to do, then I don't know what happens to me. I really don't know. <laughs> I get you, I get you. A lot of people feel like that, to be honest. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of similar. I, I'm, I've changed quite a bit since March last year when all of this stuff went down. Yeah. And I don't know who I would be today if 
weed if everything just stayed the same, you know? I'd probably be in a completely different area of life, of the country, you know? It's, it's crazy. Yeah, it really is. Like, so many th things would have happened differently, obviously. Um, but I'm like, okay. Um, I just started to pretend, like, everything that's happened or is happening, um, I chose it. <laughs> and just, like, pretending that life is like that, like, yeah. it makes me more, um, like, have a fire underneath my butt to, like, do stuff and to, like, get out there and yeah live life the way i'm supposed to which is like totally made up <laughs> yeah, i get you man i get you yeah um okay so i guess so i guess to answer that question you were talking about how you've been making music i guess and yeah. also actually i wanted to ask about the appalachian Trail. you said that it was sort of like a spontaneous decision would you say that um you were like a lot of this a lot of the decisions you make in life are spontaneous, you're just going with the flow of things, or is everything carefully planned out and well thought? Well, kind of both. Um, because I say spontaneous, but at the same time, five years ago, I walked 40 miles of the Appalachian Trail and planted a seed in my brain being like, I'm coming back to this. You know, yeah. I was, I'm gonna do all of this one day. And the fact that like the decision to do it then was absolutely completely spontaneous. I just like, I just like joined this band playing bass and they had a show in Georgia. And I was like, you know what's also in Georgia? The beginning of the Appalachian Trail. <laughs> really random. And then, so I've just like, I've been trying to live my life in a way that I let, I let things change my life. Like really small things. Like I'll go to a bookstore and like see a book that's like, I saw a book the other day that was like, it was like, I guess it was like October. And the book was walking from Hudson or walking along the Hudson River from Battery Park, which is like the very tip of Manhattan to Bear Mountain, which is like 60 miles away. And I was like, I looked at that book. I was like, I'm going to do that this week. I'm taking off work. I'm going to go walk. The, I'm going to walk 60 miles to Bear Mountain. And I'm just like, I'm just trying to let stuff like that just like, you know, shape just let things change my life spontaneously so so you did it did you actually do it i tried <laughs> <laughs> i walked for, i walked 30 miles and then i pulled a ligament in my back leg um, <laughs> and i learned a valuable lesson don't walk 30 miles in a day it's crazy you have to walk for like 15 hours i'm like you should really be walking like six or seven hours a day um not strain yourself but it was a valuable lesson but um but at the same time, I have, it's really funny. I've like pretty much planned out my music career um, <laughs> in the sense like I came out with my first album last year. I'm coming out with my second album this year. I'm coming out with my third album next year. Yeah. And I've demoed out like four more albums after that. <laughs> and like, I know the story I want to tell um but like once you have that kind of skeleton it actually makes me feel a lot more comfortable and free to let things change my life or like let things change the plan completely because like as soon as there is a plan it's really e one of the best feelings in the world is throwing away plans <laughs> do you remember when we used to go out with people and stuff and then like you'd have all these plans and be like oh and then like 
30 minutes before you'd be like, dude, I got to stay inside tonight or something. And you feel great. And you're just like, oh, like, yeah, I, love, yeah, yeah. I love canceling plans. Like, <laughs> I get you, man. I get you. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I can see what you mean, though, by the whole um, by the whole planning things out and at the same time being spontaneous. Yeah, I can definitely see what you mean by that with the whole music thing in the future and then going to um, walk the Hudson River or part of it, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. Um, cool. So, I mean, I guess, because I had a question that I wanted to ask a bit later on about you saying in the past that um, you don't put much thought into the process of making music. Um, and I was going to ask if that applies to other aspects of your life as well, but I guess you've just detailed into that a little bit. But tell us about your music making process though. What's, uh, like, I guess, do you have points in time where you make a whole lot more music in one go? and um you're making loads of stuff and then other times where you just don't make stuff for a couple of weeks or is it all just like sort of a steady flow it's more of a steady flow that's like sometimes a rushing waterfall <laughs> you know like yeah. um and now is one of those times for some reason uh well it's kind of see it's like seasonal i know that in the winter I just like the cold makes me feel more emotions or at least like it makes me feel more emo <laughs> you know yeah <laughs> uh, and that is it's like very inspiring for some reason it, like i feel more like the need to express myself in music whereas like in summer i'm having a great time you know so i'm like i don't need to I can just, you know, go outside and walk or like hang out with friends or whatever. But, and there's definitely like an element of isolation in the winter that um, like lends itself better to creative expression. But I'd say, yeah, I mean, I've always got my phone like on record pretty much like going doing voice memos. Like I'll wake up a lot of the times. A lot of the times it's in between sleep and waking up that or like right before I fall asleep or right when I wake up, I'll be like, and then like, I'll, then when I'm sitting down to write something, I'm like, Oh, I had that thing this morning. Like, let's see if I can figure out what that was about. Um, but honestly, um, I feel like the best, I mean, well, the way I've always kind of done it is kind of goofy. Um, <laughs> it's like, I love, constraints and restrictions and deadlines and like things that are typically like artists don't really like i guess or i don't know like the classic free-flowing artists like i love all i love like a very specific topic so before i did this i wrote songs about fruit funnily enough like any fruit you can think of i had a well i had 37 fruit songs i was just like obsessed i had all this music and i had nothing to write about because my life wasn't very interesting or at least i thought and so i wrote about fruit um but people started to call me the fruit guy and then i was like eh, i don't really want to be that guy so, yeah <laughs> it's kind of fun um you don't see many many fruit guys in the bedroom pop genre to be honest <laughs> yeah exactly, exactly and 
I feel like, yeah, well, the, the last three years, what I've done is, this is the third year I'm doing it now, is I'll just put out a call on Instagram and I'll be like, hey, if you, uh, and it's for Valentine's Day. And it's like, I'm like, hey, everybody, if you got a person in your life, it could be a friend or a lover or whatever. If you send me the, you know, the, their name and the reason that you love them, I'll write a song for you for free. I don't even care. I'll just give it to you. And the first year I did it, I got 40 requests. And the second year I did it, I got 80 requests. And now it's we're not even in February yet, and I've got 75 requests. Yeah. Um, and so it's just a great excuse. I'm, I'm Sometimes I need an excuse. And so this is a great excuse to like force myself to write lots of songs in a very short amount of time um and yeah it works really well for me when i'm like all right i gotta write an amanda song today yeah. <laughs> and uh this is gonna make someone really happy um you know so i just yeah that and that, that works really well yeah you know what that's a really cool concept actually i've never heard of anyone um like putting a call out for other people so that they can write other songs for other people. I mean, have, have you ever written a song for anyone like in your own life, whether it be, you know, uh, your family members or a woman in your life or even a man in your life? I, I don't know what, yeah. um, have you ever done that? Oh, absolutely. I do it all the time. I mean, my first EP had a song called Joe Fusco on it and it was about my best friend, Joe Fusco. <laughs> That's really cool. Yeah. I wrote that for his birthday because he likes my music. So I wrote him a birthday song. And then I was like, wait a minute, this is actually a good song. I'm going to record this for real. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, did, did he like it himself? Oh, he loved it. And the funny thing is, is like the song is now like taken on a life of its own because um, like I remember I showed up to one of his hockey games the other day. I mean, well, not the other day, like a year and a half ago. But yeah, <laughs> I showed up to the game and someone walks up to me they're like sorry are you a singer i'm like i guess and uh, they're like my husband was just showing me a song about one of these players joe fusco like and i was like what like and i walk after the game i go into the locker room to say like congrats to joe fusco and i walk in and like the whole team is like and they're like and then they start singing Oh, and it was their like team song like or like because he he was like their star player so they it had become like their anthem and i was like this is really funny that's that's sick. <laughs> that's, that sounds like such a such a that would be top 10 experiences in my life that would 100 be top 10 experiences in my life that ever happened to me <laughs> that's really cool yeah it was great but yeah i wrote a song the first song on the album or the first two one actually because um there it's really one song but i separated them the first song in the album is called home and the second one is is that the one but it's really all is that the one but i just wanted to separate it but um that's about my grandma and about just like calling her every day on my walk home from work when i used to walk to work um but uh but yeah so i do that all the time i mean i think people People are definitely the most inspiring thing for sure. Like I'm an, uh, so also before Corona, I was a New York city tour guide. Um, I give tours, yeah. walking tours. And I always tell people that the biggest tourist attraction of New York is not the buildings, it's the people. And so I would do a lot of people. Most of my tours was just people watching and we would just go and I'd be like that guy 
is making a big sale right now. You know, we would just I'll just tell stories about people walking by like, and stuff. That's but. really cool. Yeah, I really wanted to ask about that actually, because like when I was doing my research, I noticed that you're actually a licensed um, NY tour guide. So what, what's the whole story behind that? How did you get into that? Um, yeah, in how did you get that? Well, I came to New York and immediately I was like, man, what the heck? Like, this place is crazy. Like, I got to know everything about this place. <laughs> and because it's kind of seductive in a way, because everything, because you can pretty quickly find yourself around, like, move around the city with a lot of ease because it's so grid, it's such a grid, you know? And it's like, so you can, it's really easy to know that. 16th street is above 15th street and like whatever you know like you know and you know where stuff is and stuff so you're like i can figure this out like, i can really figure out new york and you obviously can't because it's huge and like so much life here and so much going on but i just became kind of obsessed and i and so i took in college i tried to major in new york because i took a cl every class at my school that had the words new york in it so like New York City politics and governing, economics of New York City, history of film in New York, like anything that had the word New York in it. And um, they wouldn't let, they, they were like, that's not a real thing. You can't, you can't just major in <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay, I'll do the next best thing and get, uh, get a license from the city to give tours. And it's like 150 multiple choice questionnaire or question test exam at the, Department of Consumer Affairs and yeah they give you like a nice little license and yeah and I, and I never signed up for like a company I didn't want to like give these like huge like 30 people bus tours or anything like yeah. that <clears throat> so I just like did like kind of word of mouth like I had a few jobs so it wasn't like my primary source of income but um but man I was yeah I was given like a, a tour a month or so and it was just so much fun to walk people around the city and and just share my excitement about this place and be like, this, it, because in a lot of ways you can hate, you know, it's always a love-hate relationship with this place because at the end of the day, it doesn't care about you at all. It doesn't yeah. care if you are dead or alive or whatever. The only thing it cares is if you have money or not. And it's a lot better if you do. <laughs> and it's similar, it's similar to London, honestly. <laughs> Central London is, is crazy. Whereas like, I was coming from Paris. I was in Paris for most of, or for my teenage years, and um, and that, even though it's also a city, it's got such a vibe to it that it you really feel like it's yours almost. Yeah. It's very almost like local, and it's so and it's small, and you can walk around, and you have a sense that it cares about you, and it's like, and it's funny though because you can't really be adopted by Paris the same way you can be adopted by New York because New York has such a loose it's such a loose identity to be a New Yorker really all you have to do is complain about the subway to, to call yourself a New Yorker whereas I love Paris but Parisians <laughs> are very like if you're not born there and if you have any kind of an accent and if you don't look French they're gonna it's it's gonna be like Oh, where are you from? Oh, why do you have that accent? Oh, blah, blah, blah. like it's very yeah. clear you're not on their team. Whereas, like, you know, yeah. French people, I've noticed something about them. They're very um, nationality oriented. Cause, Which is so funny. Swear, 
there's so there's like such a there's such a uh, like emphasis on individuality, but at the same time, nationalism and conformity. <laughs> yeah, when, I mean, like seriously, whenever I see French people on Twitter, they're always rioting about something. There's always like um, pipe bombs being thrown or whatever. They're always rioting and sh- no, rioting and shouting, and the cars being flipped over. It's crazy. I'd love to go there just for a day, just to like watch all of this stuff happening. Maybe do a photo shoot or something. I've seen a couple people, <laughs> people do that there. But yeah, nah. Um, France is crazy, man. And I actually wanted to ask. So you've lived in a couple of places, you know, New York, Paris, and Oklahoma, and you know, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But which place um, is well? We'll start off with which which place is your favorite, and then I guess we can get into which place has influenced the person you are today the most. Mm, I'd say probably. It's really, I don't really like to play favorites because each one has given me such a different outlook on life and perspective. Um, Paris, I feel like I love Paris so much because I mean, that's also where my mom and dad are and where my brother and sister are. Well, actually not my sister anymore, but my brothers. And, um, but New York feels like home in a way that no other place feels like just because I really feel like a New Yorker. I'm New York based, even though, yeah, like I know people who are way more New York than I am and who have lived their whole life here. I moved here seven yeah. years ago. Um, but the place that is the most me is funnily enough, probably Oklahoma, even though it's the place I identify the least with. And I'm like, not, a super Oklahoma but the funny thing is is like I feel like that's the weird that's the weird part of the equation in all this is like I go to Paris not as a New Yorker because if I went to Paris as a New Yorker I'd be like I'm so cool or I don't know I'd be like I know a lot of New Yorkers who like hate Paris because of like it's whole chill whatever like they're like yeah you know and obviously most people love Paris but um but I feel like wherever I go, I'm kind of like awe in awe. <laughs> and I'm kind of like, wow, like you can walk to the store. Like, just like that's amazing to me. Being able to like walk to a place and like buy eggs or something, like, it's just like huge. Um, and that's so what's, what's the situation like in New York then with, you know, going to the shops and whatnot? You can go to the shops and stuff like that. Like you just get, there's no indoor dining and well, there's no outdoor dining anymore because it's so cold. But, uh, <laughs> but like, yeah, I mean, it's still, it's still obviously everybody's, well, we're wearing two masks now because of the new strain, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I know, I know. I was like, 2021, put on another mask. It's 2021. <laughs> like, no, I'm not, I'm not leaving the house again, then if that's the case, because <laughs> one mask is difficult enough to breathe in. And I sound redneck as hell saying that, but listen, okay. Me walking like around, I've gained weight. It's, <laughs> it's hard to breathe now. Okay. That's, <laughs> I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. I don't think I'd survive a day in New York. I like to think that I'm a, I'm a pretty tough person, but I don't know. New York just seems like a different, different it, type of um, it, challenge. It is a different kind of challenge, definitely. 
and the funny but the funny thing is is like yeah i remember i've definitely been in situations where i'm like wow that person is so mean and like <laughs> i'm like wow, whatever but for some reason i guess it's just new york i've come to somewhat respect it <laughs> in a way that's like they're not they're like it has nothing to do with me this is like one person whose will is so strong and obviously i don't agree with the way they're exerting their will over other people and acting like they're more important than everybody else yeah. definitely kind of a dick move but for some reason i'm just like you go you do your th i'm not gonna stop you i'm gonna get out of your way <laughs> yeah, exactly yeah but yeah, I definitely say the Oklahoma thing is the biggest part of me because, yeah, I feel like I've only been in cities after going. Well, actually, I lived in Vermont for after Oklahoma for two years before going to Paris. Um, but both those places just gave me kind of like a, like a wow kind of perspective, whereas I feel like it's kind of hard to amaze people in cities because they're just so they've got so much sensory overload all the time um and one of my biggest blessings has been able to like find a lot of joy in tiny things and yeah. also also people in oklahoma are generally like super 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 polite uh and laugh a lot <laughs> and like i laugh all the time or like and it's funny because i definitely see people who who sometimes I see people and I notice they laugh a lot, but it's like definitely a very nervous laugh. And I'm sometimes like, oh shoot, like, is that is that what I'm doing? Or like, does it look like I'm just like super nervous all the time? But it's not the case, I promise. Um, I'm not nervous. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I just like, yeah, I just, I just find like pretty much everything, most things hilarious. Um, <laughs> you have to see the funny in everything otherwise you'll just go crazy especially <laughs> especially in times like this <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly yeah um okay so i get um, a question i have about new york right pizza in new york is a big thing obviously there were a lot of italian immigrants who moved there I'm pretty sure i don't know my american history too much but yeah what would you say to anyone listening right now, if they ever go to New York, is the best place to have, uh, like, the, what place serves the best pizza in New York? Ooh, wow. This is, like, a super... So my best friend, Joe Fusco, who I just mentioned, was on the hunt last summer, uh, or two summers ago, whenever we can do this, for the best slice of New York pizza. And so he went to like all the, there's like, a, if you look up, you know, Google it, there's like a list of like 20 like classic places that have been around since like the 19th century and stuff. Um, yeah. But actually, I kind of accidentally found the best slice of pizza, in my opinion. Um, it's called Table 87. And it's like six blocks away from me. So that's why I, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> But it's been around since 1887, and it's coal oven-fired pizza, which I'm always like, whatever, I just want a dollar slice, because they have those too. You can pay a dollar for a slice of pizza here. That's crazy. It's crazy. Nothing else is that cheap in New York. You know, the sub everything is really expensive, but 
somehow the dollar slice continues to be an institution here. Uh, it's like a it's like a Costco kind of situation they've got going on there. I don't know what's going on. I mean, it is definitely getting like thinner and thinner, but <laughs> um, but yeah, table eighty seven. That's the hidden secret that I can give to listeners. So if they if they find themselves in New York, go to table eighty seven. Yeah. When when I when I when I visit New York in the future, if it ever happens, I'm definitely gonna gonna check that place out. <laughs> oh, you know what? Yeah. <laughs> sounds yeah. like uh, sounds amazing. Yeah. Uh, okay. So a bit different, like branching off from the from this whole locations you've lived um, kind of conversation. Yeah. You recently released a surprise Christmas EP. Now. Yeah. It's the 30th of January when we're recording this, so Christmas has been and gone, but I'd like to talk about that a little bit. Um, yeah. I listened to it, and, you know, there were some, I wouldn't say classics more, just like some of the, there's like six Christmas songs that we all listen to every year. Last Christmas, I wish it could be Christmas every day, you know, etc, etc. But, um, you know, you sort of like, I guess, put your own spin on these kind of like tracks that we all listen to mm-hmm. what were you, what vibes were you going for when you were in the process of creating it i was a little nervous to be honest and i'm not ever ner- nervous recording my own music because i'm like no one can be mad at this because it's my music <laughs> and like yeah. if they don't like it like that's just their opinion and that's fine and like i have nothing to apologize for but recording a Christmas EP, I was like, people love Christmas and they could get angry at me for this. <laughs> I was like doing this bad. And I was like, whoa. And so the reason I did it is because I was actually in negotiations with this label and I wanted to get a better deal basically. And I was like, you know what? I'll also throw in a Christmas EP. Is <laughs> what I told them. And they yeah. were like, Vic, can you do it for this Christmas? And I was like, and that was in May. And I was like, okay. I was like, actually, yeah, you know, 2020 is the year for me to spend like half of my year thinking about Christmas, basically. <laughs> <laughs> Where my mind is at right now. I'm just like looking towards the end of the year. Um, and yeah, that was a great. And so I teamed up with the guy that I team up with on all my stuff, uh, Sahil and Sorry, great producer. And I picked out the song. I just like it took a little. It took a little bit to find the songs that would work in my style, because I wanted to do Last Christmas and I wanted to do. Um, I wanted to do uh, Here Comes Santa Claus, and yeah. there were a couple other ones that I tried that I just like couldn't. Um, it just didn't translate as well as I thought it was going to, and yeah, found. So I did three. I did. Um, uh, what I do? I did the Paul McCartney one, obviously. That one's one of my favorites. I yeah. did Sleigh Ride, and I did um, Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. Just because, like, those are the ones I found that I was like, I can do this as me. Because that was the criteria. It was like, whenever you're listening to a good Christmas cover, you're like, this person made it their own. So whenever you think of Santa Claus is coming to town. You either think Bruce Springsteen or Elvis because they took that classic song and made it, you know, Santa Claus is coming to town. Oh, you're talking about that version. Right? Yeah. You know what? I was 
<laughs> I was thinking of the one with like the female voice. I don't know who yeah. sings it, but I was thinking about that one. Yeah, 1940s one. Yeah, when they like they like made it, and then Elvis did the okay, come take the clothes, okay, come take the clothes, so right there. You know, he did it as Elvis, and I was like, yeah. how can I do this as JW? And um, yeah, it worked out. I think. Yeah, I mean, it absolutely did. Yeah, I mean, I was listening to it just like a couple of like just the other day, a couple of weeks ago, and <laughs> I I wish I I wish I'd found it during Christmas time because <laughs> <laughs> it's actually a really good EP in my opinion, and honestly, I would listen to it during during the rest of the year as well. <laughs> well, I got an original on there, Christmas Heartache, and that I was like gonna save that melody and song for like a not Christmas song. I was like, nah, this is too good. And then I was like, you know what? It's always got next Christmas as well. Like, people can return to this. So, yeah. Yeah, why not? Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I, I'd, also, I'd also like to talk about your recent album as well. Yeah. Uh, the name escapes me right now. Um, or a similar joy. We shut you up, of course. Yeah. Um, mm. I, I read about the like the story behind the name for that, but for the sake of the listeners, tell us a little bit about the um, the story behind you coming up with the name for that album. So um, I was just walking down Broadway, like I've done a million times, and um, I guess I a lot of times when I'm walking on a busy street, I like to take off my most of the time I'm walking around with music. But whenever I'm walking on a busy street, I like to take out my headphones. Uh, one, to just be aware of my surroundings and not get ran over or whatever. But yeah. also just to like hear people's conversations. And as you're walking, you only get like snippets. And the best conversations I hear happen in New York where I'm just like, I'll hear like just a little bit. I'm like, wow, I relate to that so much. But you don't stop. You just keep going. Um, and so that was one, it was one of those situations. And I was walking and I was listening to someone like describe their friend and this person was like we share a sheer enjoyment of living and that struck me it was like, like boom like a little like a little bolt of lightning um there was the same feeling i had for my first ep which i came out with in 2018 i was watching an anime and the subtitle was like it was like this girl waving to this guy on a motorcycle and she was like i'll love you forever bye and i was like boom it just hit me like it so that's why i called my first ep i'll love you forever bye and which that, anime was this just out of curiosity i'm pretty sure that was a uh, akira i'm pretty sure that's the end yeah. of uh, they she when he rides away on the motorcycle i'm uh, definitely gonna need to check that out then because uh, once i finish watching parasites i feel like i'm you know, I'm just going to be out of things to watch, you know? <laughs> yeah, let me let me just briefly Google that. But I'm pretty sure that's a Kira movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's the end of, the, end of that movie. Anyway, um, and so, yeah, it just, I just immediately struck me and I was like, that's it. But then I, I didn't really like the share a sheer. I didn't really like the shush shush alliteration. So... I was like, let me just make this a little more me. So I just made it, we share a similar joy. And I was like, that sounds, that sounds like me. I feel good about that. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like, um, I don't know. It just sounds like something out of like a Covent Joys album or something, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, I love that title myself. Um, 
Yeah. So I also would like to talk about your favorite tracks from that album. Mm. Not necessarily your favorites, more the ones that have the that you feel closest to, I suppose, as a musician, and the ones which I guess let's say you have like experiences which lead to the creation of a track. So which tracks have the most um, depth to you in regards to the experiences you had before you created it. If that, if any of that makes sense. <laughs> well, I was coming to the album with a lot of material. And so, um, the songs that ended up making it were the ones that had like stood the test of time, basically. Um, so like I knew lo-fi and New York and gold were all just like, good banging songs that I had played in my live set a bunch and that I wanted on the album. Yeah. Those songs are definitely special to me, but definitely the most special one was the one that I wrote while we were recording everything. And I was like, this has to be on the album because it was, it had just be kind of become my mantra. And that was, um, I'm down whatever. That song, it's the last song on the album. And it was the one I just played for Blogotech. I just did a Blogotech video for these people in Paris that like film people playing on the streets of Paris um, while I was there visiting my folks they asked me to do it and I was like I want to do this song even though it's like not a very popular song of mine I was like I have to do this one because it like unfolds um, really well and it's definitely the deepest one I w it was just I just decided to sit down and write exactly how I was feeling in the most direct di like most of the time when I'm singing when I'm when I'm making up lyrics to a song it's literally just what comes out it's just kind of like keep keeping it gold or whatever it's just yeah. like I'm just whatever and then I kind of either come up with the meaning afterwards or it's like a dream how how I kind of find the meaning of my dream and I'm like oh my subconscious mind is so clever. It's like, I know exactly why I wrote that. It put this, 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 and this. But but for this one, I was like, I'm gonna kind of like talk sing too. I was like, I'm gonna make this a different style and I'm just gonna kind of talk over these really pretty, little pretty guitar part. Um, but yeah, I just had that. I just knew exactly what it was supposed to be. So yeah, I'm down whatever, definitely. It's a rambly song, but I like it. <laughs> yeah, no, I definitely mess with that song, actually. I mean, it's not necessarily one of my favorite. You know what? I've got the album opened up on my Spotify here. I'd say either Lo-Fi, I Told You, or New York are probably my favorites from the album, I reckon. Um, yeah, you were talking about Lo-Fi and New York. And I mean, those ones are actually, I I'm pretty sure those ones are the most listened to from the album. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I knew it. I, I like... I kind of came out with the whole thing and I was like, I, I know what's going to happen. I know what's going to do well and what's not going to do well. Um, which is why I'm kind of like, man, my third album is going to blow up. <laughs> Have you, are you like, so for your third album, is it more melody focused then, I guess? Because that's what people identify with the most when they're listening to music, the melody. Yeah. The second album, which is going to come out in late summer of this year, really good but it's more uh, a little more story based and a little more it's just kind of like a gut punch it's kind of like it's like using those same guitar tones but to like get to straight to the point rather than uh i don't know like 
be more like a warm blanket of gratitude that the first album was. This one's going to be like more of a gut punch. And the third I one, you. straight bangers. <laughs> That's really cool, man. Yeah, I, I, I'm looking forward to... You know what? I'm looking forward to both, to be honest. I'm, I'm looking forward to, to getting emotional and then to jamming out to these melodies. That's what yeah. I'm looking forward to. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right, sick. So that brings us to the end of our question section. I have one last section, a couple more questions. Um, this is our would you take the deal section. So would you take the deal is a section where I ask a variety of different questions. I propose a a what's the word ah oh, a pitch i propose a pitch to you and mm -hmm. there is one drawback in this pitch uh so and i ask you if you would take the deal um yeah let, let's just get right into it let's do it you absorb luck from everyone and everything in the world, making yourself unimaginably lucky, but everyone else is very lucky. Would you take the deal? But everyone else is very unlucky or lucky as well? Oh, sorry, unlucky. My eyes, my eyes. Um, Everybody gets really lucky? <laughs> um, hmm. Man, yeah, I can't do that to people. I feel like every time someone like... Every, every time someone's grandma died or something, I'd be like, "Ah, oh, sorry, that was probably me." Ah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that's true. Probably no deal. Probably no deal. I just can't have that on my conscience. That's so tempting, though. It I is would... very tempting, but I already kind of feel like that, to be honest. Without the other people being unlucky, I feel like a very, very lucky person already. That I'm like, and when I was a kid, I won two raffles, and I knew. That like, they were like my church raffles, and I got like I think I got like a brand new bicycle twice or something That's like that. Crazy. And, yeah, and they were like, I remember the second time I won, they were like, You again? Like, <laughs> like rigged. This kid just keeps winning. Like, I was like, Yeah, I. I knew, I knew from the early that good, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is crazy. You know what? As a person who is in the middle, sort of leaning towards unlucky, <laughs> I, I can't, I couldn't take that deal. Yeah. It would weigh on my conscience a bit too much. It would weigh on you as soon as you, every, and every time you heard of something bad happening, you'd be like, yeah, it's because I'm so lucky. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. I, I couldn't do that. Uh, okay, so next one. You have the house of your dreams, but you always hit your pinky toe at, um, once a day. Not at least once a day, just once a day. Oh, that's fine. I would, I would take the dream house, yeah, for sure. <laughs> like, my pinky toe, I can barely feel it. You know, I would like... <laughs> or I would just, like, get a pinky guard or, like, or like I don't know, wear steel-toe boots around the house. Like That's true. That's a shout, yeah. I, <laughs> it seems like I'm talking price to pay for the dream house. <laughs> See, here's the thing. I'm clumsy. Like, I mean, uh, the amount of... I went back... Um, I went back home over Christmas, and yeah. I fell down the stairs, I think, twice? Ooh. Over Ooh. the space of, like, two weeks. How does that happen? Like, how many times... When was the last time you fell down the stairs? I... 
I don't remember the last time I fell <laughs> to be honest. It's not even like in the realm of possibility. <laughs> it wasn't, okay, to be fair, it wasn't one of those dramatic, you know, cinema, whoa, whoa, tumbling down the stairs. Yeah. <laughs> and every like slip and then you're like, whoa, like, yeah, know? yeah. It was one yeah. of those lean back and just blomp, blomp, blomp down the <laughs> stair kind of things. <laughs> I know that. At least you're not tumbling. Yeah, those tumbles. Those tumbles. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, you could like crack your neck, like. Yeah, but um, yeah, no, I. If it's once, mm, once a day, uh, and then if you, if it happened once it happens, you're like, that's it for the day, you know, you know, and you know it's gonna happen every day. It almost be worse if like sometimes it doesn't happen because you're like, <laughs> but if there was like a regularity to it, you're like once a day. I will stub my toe. I don't know when, I will. And then once you do, you're like, I did it. I did my thing for today. Like, you know? That's true. I, uh, yeah, I think I'd take the house. Yeah. I mean, it's the house of my dreams. So, like, I mean, feel bad about it. Go, go soak it in the hot tub because, (laughs) I mean, I'm going to have a room that's just dedicated to to being like a bull pit in my house. I'm going to just jump in the bull pit and, you know, Chill out there for a little while. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, okay. You will find your soulmate, but he slash she will already be happily married with kids. <laughs> That's tough. <laughs> yeah. 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 Hmm. That's funny because i've fallen in love with so many people that i feel like that that would be so me to be honest i've been in love with people who are so unavailable (laughs) actually tough yeah but for some reason there's some kind of it happens to me so often that i'm like this has got to be some kind of intentional there's got to be I'm, I must be some kind of masochist or whatever. Like, I definitely write, I definitely get a lot of creative energy from it. Um, it definitely creates a sense of longing that, like, translates well to music. Um, but uh, I don't know if I'd wish that upon myself consciously. Um, like, what's the alternative? I guess the alternative is not finding your soulmate. I mean, yeah. it's just, you just live your life. You just live your life. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I'd probably just live my life normally because it'll probably, something like that will probably happen already. But yeah. And someone else like, man, we are perfect together. Like, we are perfect together. And you are married with kids. I don't know what I'd do. I don't know what I'd do. I don't know what I'd do. I might just like, I don't know. I feel like I would probably make it weird and like, like, I don't know, like try to be that those kids' uncle or something. I don't know, like, <laughs> like in not a weird way, but just like try to like make it super normal. Hey, niece and nephew, I I wish I was married <laughs> to your mom <laughs> or dad. I yeah yeah, it's uh it's it's tough. I couldn't. You told me, so you're gonna be around their kids a bunch anyway. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'd rather just not do that. <laughs> so yeah. yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh man, yeah, I couldn't. I 
that I mean, honestly, same, okay? Honestly, same. I've spoken to people. I wouldn't say I don't even know what love is, J Dubs. Honestly, I don't know what love is. So I don't know if I've ever been in love before. But if you don't know what then I'll tell you what if you don't know, then you haven't been. I'll tell you exactly what it is. It's the feeling. It's the feeling of when every first of all, it's life changing. Second of all, <laughs> <laughs> so you know the same afterwards. Second of all, it, every surface that you see in your life becomes a painting. Every body movement becomes a dance. Every sound becomes a song. Like everything becomes art and like something to be appreciated because you're like, life is full of infinite possibility because my heart is so i am consumed like you're almost like without ego you're like i my job is to love you (laughs) and like you don't see anything wrong with them like that's the crazy thing is like i get completely you know the sunshine is coming out of their butt like i could everything about them i love completely you know um so yeah, so it's it's a very special feeling. <laughs> yeah, I can, I can, I. I feel like I've been infatuated. I wouldn't necessarily say in love though. With oh, someone more, I've been more so infatuated with people than I have been in love with people. I think I've yeah. only loved like twice, um, but or maybe even once, but. But yeah, but it's very, 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 very special. Hold on to it as long as you can. And when it comes, you'll definitely know. You'll definitely, you'll just drop everything. You'll just be like, oh, okay, I am yours. (laughs) (laughs) So this is my life now, okay. (laughs) I love you. I love you, I love you, I love you. Love you too, (laughs) J-Dubs. But yeah, no, I... No, nope, I'm not doing that. I'm not um, finding my soulmate happily married with kids. That's too painful. That's too painful. Yeah. Uh, okay. You have the ability to time travel, but only once, and there is no going back. Ooh. Wow. Time travel. Only once. Not go back. I think I would not do that i don't think i could which is kind of crazy but i I, one i don't want to mess with the time space continuum kind of deal i don't want to create another reality that i'm already not creating and i'm very invested in this timeline (laughs) i've thrown a lot into this narrative of this whatever universe we're in yeah I put a lot of work into that I haven't seen, I haven't like got, you know, like I want to see my albums come out and I want to see a lot of the people that I've put so much love into, I want to see them blossom, you know, there's people, I I don't think I could leave everybody uh, and never come back. Because my first thought when you said that was actually like, oh, if I could do this at any point in my life, it might actually be cool to like live my whole life and then like go back to the start and watch it (laughs) and like 
and actually have one of those situations where like I were like uh, actually it turns out that like I was my own angel making a lot of the things happen like I thought I was really lucky in life but it was actually like a lot of things I had to do as like an old man you know <laughs> that's that's a crazy plot twist <laughs> right? right yeah um yeah I'd do that honestly I'm the money I would pay to go 10 years into the past. One year, two years, not one year. I'm not going a year into the past, no. Because <laughs> this time last year was what, like two months before lockdown started? Yeah. I'm not doing that. But yeah. two, 10 years into the past, absolutely, 100%. Oh, goodness. I would be, first of all, I'd be rich. Second yeah. of all, I'd probably be in like a relationship right now. Like, that's not the most important thing to me. But I'd be yearning. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> um, oh, I'd probably be some crazy podcaster, musician right now. I'd probably be like, oh, I'd probably be sponsored by Honey by now. That's. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I'd absolutely be um, be jumping back into the past for that. Yeah. I mean, if I'm waking up at the age of nine, I was, yeah, 10 years ago, I was nine. If I'm waking up at the age of nine, then yeah. But if it's, I'm going back to 20, 2011 and I'm still 19, then no, I'm not doing that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. So last one, by jumping through your TV, you can insert yourself into any television show you want, but... You have to be transformed into your least favorite character on said show, and you cannot act out of character while you're there. <laughs> wow. 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 That's a very, very interesting one. I mean, I think definitely no deal, because as I said before, I kind of like my life, but uh, I'm just thinking about who that would be. I mean, like, my least favorite character on the show. Like, first, whenever I think show, I think The Office. Um, yeah, yeah, I was thinking the same thing. I don't even yeah. like The Office. But... <laughs> <laughs> but like, then I was like, I'd definitely be Creed, but then Creed's not my least favorite. He's like one of my favorite characters. I'd probably be like, I don't know. I don't, I don't know who's my least favorite. I like all of them. But yeah, I don't, and then to not be able to act out of character, I'd be in prison. <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's mental and emotional prison. I couldn't do that actually. Now that I think about it, now I'm gonna watch shows and be like, "Who is trapped in that body, unable to, <laughs> <laughs> uh, unable to break character?" Like they're actually a twenty-something-year-old in Brooklyn who can't escape this the body of Ross from Friends. <laughs> That's, that's tough. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, like, so are you saying, that, like, what, what show? I mean, if you had to, though, what show would you choose? What show would I be in? I don't know, because shows are, like, so, like, their world, as big as it is, like, I think, like, The Simpsons is, like, a huge world, even though it's just, like, one town. Uh, like generally the worlds are pretty small so you'd like get pretty bored there's like three or four sets that you can visit <laughs> um, 
but gosh, like show that I would be. Ugh. Um. Gosh, yeah, I don't even know. I mean, maybe The Simpsons just like hang out in Springfield because I feel like I know that town so well. I also yeah. played Simpsons home. Um, I played that GameCube game, Simpsons Hit and Run, a lot when I yeah. was a kid. So I do have a lot of experience like driving around that town. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I understand. Yeah, I used to play the Simpsons game on Nintendo DS Lite. The ga- um, was it GameCube you said? Yeah. Yeah, GameCube was a bit before my time, I think. Um, yeah. oh, I used to love going to play on my friend's N64, though, back in the oh, day. That was... Yeah, I had an N64 as well. Those things were... I mean, I still have mine, actually. It still works. <laughs> exactly. The N64 was something else. But, yeah, no, I, I, I probably... Have you ever heard of Atlanta? Oh, yeah, of TV course. Show? Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, I'd, I'd probably go into... I, I say that. It's my favorite TV show. But I don't know if I'd necessarily want to be transported into it. Like... <laughs> To be able to see, okay, there's this one episode, for the sake of the listeners, there's this one episode where there's this guy called Alligator Man who owns an alligator, you know, very Florida-esque. <laughs> I'd love to go there and just see the events of that episode unfold right before my very eyes. But to be able to be to transform into my least favorite character, I don't even know who my least favorite is. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, I don't watch shows that have my least favorite character. Like, exactly! Like a show I watch where I'm like, this character, I hate this character. Like, it's just like, that's a character. That's a character on the show. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I can't see myself taking that deal, to be honest. <laughs> um, yeah, but um, okay. That concludes the end of the Would You Take the Deal section. I have one last question before I let you go on your way, J-Dubs. Yeah. Uh, You are heard by everyone on Earth right now for 10 seconds. What do you say? Hmm. Wow, that is a question. That is is quite a question. Um, Wow, I don't... No, I mean, would I be stupid to not be like, listen to J.W. Francis? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot of people have said stuff like that, yeah. On Instagram, like, <laughs> but I mean, I should probably do something more noble. Um, wow, that is such a good question. That is so hard to answer. Because, like, I care about a lot of issues but I don't think I could like convince the world of like a case for free healthcare or <laughs> like inequality yeah. or whatever in 10 seconds you know I feel like people be like what was that oh whatever <laughs> um, so gosh man I but I feel like such a spam bot if I just tell people my name and to listen to my music um man 
Or I could be like a total capitalist and like rent that time out. (laughs) Well, I mean, listen, when I saw this question asked a little while ago, a lot of people said that they would do stuff like that. Yeah. That's the, this is the biggest advertising opportunity in history. It's 7.8 billion people. It's exactly, exactly. Um, or do I do just like an inspirational message? <laughs> it's like you can do thing, but like, is that going to change the world, or is it going to go down in history as like the most wasted ten seconds? <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, because you don't want that. That's something you don't want. Yeah. Um. Gosh, what do I do? Um, I feel like I would take my time to come up with like a really good quote. Like, I found there's this quote that I don't know who said, but I remember, but I can't find out who said it. So I'm becoming increasingly convinced that I made it up, but I don't think I did. Um, It's like, I found a dream that I could speak to and its name is life. But I would like make something up like that that people they would like really try and like strike at people's hearts like we share a similar joy or something like that where i'm like i like come up with some kind of just like very poetic sentence that would become wait sorry sorry pause pause i'm still trying to process what you just said sorry (laughs) (laughs) exactly i'm on something like that where people are like huh and they try to process it for like days and then like Next year, it becomes like the motto of like a lot of different countries on like countries' flags, and it just becomes like something like e pluribus unum, or I don't know, something like that. And I'm like, yeah, some kind of like sentence that starts a revolution. <laughs> so that's a flex. Exactly, <laughs> and I'll be like, I came up with that, and like everyone's gonna be like, Abe Lincoln said this in the 19th century. It's like, man, Abe Lincoln didn't say all that stuff. I, I said something, but <laughs> so that's not a good answer because I'm like, I'll get back to you, but it would be something like that. Um, or my name is JW Francis. Go check out my Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, honestly, I'd probably do that as well, to be honest. I A lot of people say that, you know, they, um, you know, they tell people to be nice to each other and stuff. I don't know if people would listen to that because look at the states of New York. Look at the states of other busy places in the world. No one seems to care about anyone. It's, yeah. I mean, the thing is, when there's national tragedies and things like that, I think you'll find that people become really close to each other when they start caring each other a lot. Um, Sorry, they start caring for each other a lot more for a couple of weeks. And then everything just goes back to normal. Exactly. Yeah. So, so I feel like yeah. I want to say I would I want to say something like plants a seed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, like the dream thing. <laughs> um, can you repeat that again, please? Because I need to. I need to. <laughs> I'm still trying to process that. Can you repeat that? I found a dream that I could speak to, and its name is life. I'm going to be thinking about that for the rest of the week now. So <laughs> thanks for that. Good. Good. Uh, yeah. Sick. Um, do you know what? I think that's a good place to end off this episode. Uh, yeah. I'll, I mean, do you have anything you'd like to say to the listeners before we round off? 
no, just stay safe out there. Don't do anything too stupid. And um, yeah, you know, love each other and that kind of stuff. Sick. That's cool. <laughs> so that's a really wholesome message. <laughs> um, listeners of the Shane Anagans podcast, Artist Edition. Thank you for listening to this episode. Go stream J, um, JW Francis on Spotify, Apple Music, where, wherever you get your music. Um, thank you for listening to this episode. Stay amazing, and I will see you all next time. And that concludes this fortnight's installment of the Shane Anagans Podcast Artist Edition with Ishanasu Mazura. I am, of course, Ishanasu Mazura. Feel free to subscribe to this channel and click the bell next to it, or if you're an audio listener, simply subscribe on your podcast platform of choice. If you have anyone you'd like to see on the podcast, or if you're an artist who would like to make an appearance, feel free to drop me a message on any of my socials. See you all next time.